Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey, what's up? What's going on? I'm so happy you're here. I'm I'm so excited about this episode. Oh my gosh, you guys, I don't even know where to start. But this is one I can't take all the credit for because many of you made this episode possible from the advice that you gave me. Today, I share with you 10 things to keep in mind when your daughter is getting married. By the way, I'm not in the car, but this is a a car smart episode. Well, it's a Friday episode. So yeah, put your seatbelt on. We are going for a ride. Perhaps one of the most memorable rides of your life. All right, let's do it. I feel really blessed by this audience. It's such a diverse group of people. Like we have women who are in their 20s who listen. I have women who are in their 30s. I have women who are you know, 10 and 15 years older than me. So I get great advice. I get perspective from the brides. I get perspectives from those of you who've married your kids years ago. And and I just, I, I love some of the things that you guys, some of the things are like common sense, right? Like don't stress, don't sweat the small stuff, you know, things like that. At least I feel like those are common sense pieces of advice. But some of the advice that you gave me was really, I mean, it stuck with me. And then I have a few of my own. Okay, so the first one is about your dress. The dress if you're the bride, the dress if you're the mother of the bride, mother of the groom. My advice is not to give a second thought to how other people will perceive your dress. Who freaking cares? Are they paying for the wedding? No. Does their opinion of what you wear on any other day matter? Um, it shouldn't. The, the only people's whose opinion matters are the bride and the groom and you, of course, right? So you should get the dress that they think is appropriate and that they want to see you in, but also you should come to them with a dress that feels like you, that feels like the way you want to be represented on that day without regard to the norms, without thinking about like, oh, is the mother of the bride supposed to wear long sleeves and be in a champagne color that just blends in with the woodwork? Like, those it, that's so old school. The modern mother of the bride, the modern mother of the groom should express, in my opinion, should express her personality, should wear whatever goes with the vibe of the wedding. I mean, all those rules, they're so outdated. And literally, who freaking cares what anybody else thinks? So my dress was bright lilac. I mean, almost neon lilac. It was a, a lovely Oscar de la Rente. It was, um, I think, gorgeous, but it was definitely short. In fact, I, I lengthened it a little bit, but I didn't lengthen it because I was worried what other people would say. I lengthened it be to a length that was comfortable for me by adding some lace underneath the hem. But when I tried on this dress, my husband freaked out. He's like, that's the dress. That's the dress. Oh, my God, you're stunning. I Shaleen, that is the dress. I'm like, really? Are you sure? But his reaction made me feel so beautiful. And I love the way the dress looked on me. I just wasn't sure, if, you know, how Sierra would feel about it. Again, because it was short, but it did really feel like me. So from the dressing room, 
I sent her a picture of it and she's like, oh my God, yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. Mom, it is so you. I just, I don't picture you in something that's, you know, a dull color or that's long. This is exactly what I would picture you in. So I knew it made her happy. Also her um, husband just wants Sierra to be happy. So he's okay with anything. He's just like the most awesome dude. And honestly, I, I know that when you wear a shorter it had like a kind of a long train on the side, but I, I was very much aware that people have an expectation. They think you're supposed to wear a certain style as a mother of the bride. I don't care. At least that's how I feel. And as expected, people left comments. I, I posted a video of my dress and I knew that there would be some people who had a major problem with it and they did. And I, like some people were like, how dare you? You're just trying to steal all of the attention from your daughter. This is disgusting. You should have wore a you should have wore a beige dress and been quiet, quietly stood in the back or something like that. And I posted some of those comments. Now when I post negative comments to social media, the reason why I do that, and I just want to be super clear about this and I think I I, I should be more clear in social. I don't do that so that people will um, reassure me like you don't need to listen to those haters or I don't do it to garner sympathy. I do it because I want to show people it's it's almost funny. It's almost comical. It doesn't bother me. And also, it this is what social media is. There, It's people disagreeing. It's people sharing their opinion. It's people who don't have manners. It's people who think that you know, their opinion is going to influence yours. But I, I definitely don't do that in any kind of effort to garner sympathy or to have people like, you know, rally behind. Look, I, I really just post those things because I want you to know it's not a big deal. These are like strangers who care, like who have their own opinions and they don't have very good manners. And it's it's almost comical. So don't worry about it. If you get those kind of comments, they, they're, irre- they're adorable and they're irrelevant. <laughs> why Why would you care? What anyone else's opinion of what you're wearing that day is other than your the bride and the groom and your and you. That that's the only thing that matters. So all those old traditional, like outdated, ultra conservative beliefs about what a woman is supposed to wear when her daughter is getting married, like that, it's listen, it doesn't matter. Who cares what other people think? The only thing that matters is that you feel amazing and that the bride and groom are happy with the aesthetic. That's, that's really it. Now, the mother of the groom, Roman's mom, shout out to Tammy. If you're listening, her dress was, I mean, it was just freaking gorgeous. And it also was like so her. And it's not something that you would see on the rack as a traditional like mother of the bride's dress or mother of the groom's dress. It was like this shocking pink color, beautiful, flowy. I think it was like a chiffon silk. I mean, it just moved beautifully. It looked amazing on her. It, and it was gorgeous. It just it matched the whole vibe and aesthetic for the wedding. It was absolutely stunning. There are highlights in my Instagram story so you can see both dresses. Sierra's wedding was her wedding ceremony was like part wedding ceremony, part runway experience. Like she had this very famous uh, designer. I can't think of his name right now, but he's like known for putting these like shockingly bright runways and building them into nature. And so one of the runways that she was obsessed with was this bright pink runway that he built in this sea of lavender. And then he had all the runway models walking down the sea through the sea of lavender on this bright pink uh, runway. And so that was Sierra's idea. That was her inspo for the whole wedding. Tip number two is to help the bride 
to have realistic expectations for the wedding day. You just can't enter into something like this or, or any big event with the idea that everything's going to be perfect. And by perfect, I mean that every single plan Every detail goes off without a hitch. There's going to be problems. There's going to be hiccups. There's going to be things that you couldn't have expected are going to go wrong. That's just going to happen, but that's not important. Some details that she had pictured in her mind won't go off exactly as planned, and it doesn't matter. Set that honest, realistic expectation early so that when those things do go wrong, it doesn't trigger her. I mean, so many brides turn into bridezillas. Sarah was so freaking calm, no anxiety, no stress. Some things didn't go off as we had planned. Almost everything did, but like little things that could really send some people like over the edge. But those things just don't matter. What matters is that the people who love you are around you, that you're making this promise in front of God and in front of everyone. You're vowing to stand with this person in sickness and in health and to love and to support them and through good times and bad times, that's what matters. The fact that the DJ played the wrong song or these weren't the plates that I ordered, like no one cares and that doesn't matter in the scheme of things. So don't focus on that. Don't worry about that. Focus on what really matters and everything else will fall into place. Which leads me to my next tip and that is Spend the money if you can. I know it's not in everyone's budget, but if you have the ability to use a wedding coordinator, it is worth every single penny. But not all wedding coordinators are created equal. And sometimes you, you just really don't know exactly what you're getting into. So do your best to figure out if it's the right match. Like what's important to you? How are they at handling last minute surprises? Are they good about bringing you pricing options? Do they understand how you operate and what's important to you and vision? And is it the right fit, not just for the bride, but also for the family of the bride? You know, you're going to be paying for the wedding. So I should say, assuming that you're paying for the wedding. So, you, you know, these people work for you. You don't work for them. It's not your job to please the wedding coordinators. It's their job to please you. And we've had two vastly different experiences, like night and freaking day. And it it kind of bums me out that the wedding coordinators we used for Taylor and Brock's wedding, they just, wow, there's been a, a, a real disconnect. It makes me a little bit upset that they have made it more stressful for Taylor than and Brock than what I had dreamed it would be for them. Now they're handling it beautifully and we're doing everything we can to mitigate that stress. Part of that stress is just planning a wedding out, out of state in a, a pretty remote area. They're, they're getting married in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. But I just feel like the biggest piece of that is the personality of the wedding planners, right? And I cannot say enough amazing things about Sierra's wedding planner. And, and we did a lot of interviews with her before we hired her. And they are wild heart events. I'm going to tag them again in my show notes because you might not need a wedding right now. And they do tons of stuff out of state too. You might not need a wedding coordinator right now. But these gals were next freaking level. I mean, in the middle of the wedding reception. And we are, we people had to be bussed in. So we weren't like close to a convenience store or anything. She sent her team off to get the bridesmaids flip-flops who were all told they needed to bring flip-flops but of course they forgot or just didn't think they would need them because their feet were killing them and they wanted to keep dancing 
Her team thought of every single possible detail. They handled things with just ease and grace and professionalism. They found ways for us to stay within our budget, but also to give Sierra exactly the vibe that she wanted to without breaking the bank. Their over-the-top customer service was next level. And Brett and I put on a lot of big events. We've worked with a lot of different coordinators and we've worked with some great people, but I'm telling you, they were next level. I could not feel better about giving you them as a recommendation. And not just because they brought her vision to life, but because the process from start to finish was so stress-free. There was not a detail missed. I'm telling you, and none of us had to worry about it. That was It was such a freeing experience. It made not just the wedding day, but the months leading up to the wedding can be really stressful on a bride and a groom and their families. And it wasn't at all because of this group. And, and you know, again, we're doing two weddings at the same time. So I can literally compare apples to apples and it makes a big difference. So interview carefully, read reviews, talk to other brides if you can, and then just get on a Zoom if it's somebody who's not local and make sure you, you really gel. Number four, I think we're on number four, is to write out your toast if, in fact, you're going to be giving a toast or a speech to the the bride. And almost every wedding that I've been to, the uh, father of the bride usually gives a toast. I've seen a lot of mothers of the bride give toast to And I'm just, I if it were me, this is, this is, again, this is my podcast. These are my suggestions to you. It's just my opinion. I would ask your daughter if she would like for you to give a toast because she might not even think to ask you. And maybe you're thinking right now, oh man, I am not a public speaker. I don't want to do that. It, this, is, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to tell your daughter in front of the world how much she means to you and how happy you are for their union. You can watch other people's speeches on YouTube. I should probably, maybe I will, maybe I'll read mine I don't know if that's interesting or not. Maybe I'll read it on Patreon or something. Um, you guys will have to let me know if you find that interesting. But I just think it's it's such a special moment. And don't worry about whether you're a great speaker or not. And please don't try to memorize it. Because you, you could miss or forget saying one very important line. And this is your opportunity. This is your chance to let your daughter know how special they are. And you don't have to worry about what anyone else thinks or how long it should be or what you should say. Speak to her. Pretend she's the only person in the room. Say the things that you know you would have wanted to hear from your own mother or your own father. Brett and I both gave a toast. And and I, I did write mine out. I didn't read it word for word. But I think if I hadn't had notes in my hand, which is uncharacteristic for me, like I never work off notes. Even when I give a speech, I don't have notes. But I didn't want to miss or forget saying something that I wanted to say to her. And even though I'd written out my notes and I was looking down at them, there, there was still little parts that I had skipped over accidentally. And, you know, like I'm kind of bummed. So I'm, I'm going to tell her those things because she needs to know. She needs to hear those things. And it's just, it's such a special moment. And doesn't everybody who goes to a wedding, don't you just want to cry? You want to laugh and you want to cry. And you're just not going to get that from the maid of honor or the uh, best man. They're, they're going to be great, but it's, it's just not the same. It's not the same is as hearing from mom and dad because you know the emotion that they feel and it's it's that's the touching part of a wedding. So 
if you've thought for a moment about declining that offer, if, if the bride comes to you and says, hey, mom, would or hey, dad, would you like to give a toast? And you're like, oh, I don't want to because I'm not a good at public speaking. Do it for them. You won't regret it. I want to take just a moment to remind you how important it is to think on paper. I talk about it all the time. It's so important, especially if you're someone who's easily distracted. You need a notebook with you at all times. This is where you jot down your best ideas. When you think on paper, all of that creativity flows and it it sends that message out to the universe. It's crazy the things that you can manifest when you put your ideas, your thoughts, your dreams, your intentions on paper. Whether you're looking for a very simple to use, effective day planner, or a blank notebook to capture all of your brilliant ideas and brainstorms, the place to go is pushjournal.com. We've got blank notebooks as well as incredibly easy to use uh, day planners. Like this is the day planner I created as someone who has ADHD who needed something super simple. We've got new designs, designs that have more blank pages, or our classic push journal with a health tracker, as well as blank notebooks that are so cool. They're so adorable. Like it literally will tell people a little something about your personality when they see you writing in this notebook. Check them all out by going to pushjournal.com. All right, back to the show. My fifth tip for you is to know what they need to be their best. So Sierra is, she's, she's pretty introverted. She needs to be alone. She needs to have her quiet time, and she also needs to exercise in the morning. So those things I knew were really important to her. She's a little bit like her mama that way. I, I also exercised. I, I, taught, I taught a class on the morning of my wedding, like literally hours before my wedding. I am down in San Juan Capistrano at a 24-hour fitness teaching a step class with a white thong leotard, white bike shorts. Are you picturing this right now? Um, white scrunch socks and white Reeboks with the straps with a white baseball cap with a like a veil attached. <laughs> so 1995. Also so me. But I, I knew I needed to do that. Like that made me feel normal. It helped me get my jitters out. It helped regulate my mood for the day. And it just made me feel better. And I knew that Sierra is the same way. And so we made certain that we just went to the gym together, she and I and Brett, on the morning of. And I was also very strict about who I allowed into the house. And I was like the bad guy, you know, like people were like, oh, can we come over and do this? And is it okay if I bring my boyfriend? And is it okay? And I was just like, nope, we just want it real quiet. And I was careful to create an environment that wouldn't drain her knowing that she's an introvert. So think about what it is your daughter needs to be their best. Of course, you can ask them too. But sometimes they're like, well, they're going to say things like, well, my friends are in town, so I should have them over. It's not about the friends. It's about your daughter's experience. So set up the environment that allows them to be their best. Next, and this is a suggestion that I got from many people who are in the Facebook group on Pod Squad. You had recommended that we schedule first ask Sierra if that's what she wants, but to to have this alone time, this quiet time just with Sierra, the bride. I actually had quite a few moments of alone time with Sierra. I got to blow dry her hair and get her ready for her rehearsal dinner, spend that time with her, and then, you know, the morning of her ceremony. Brett and I spent the morning with her and it was it was amazing, you know, just quietly sitting together, drinking coffee, then going to the gym together and just the car ride together. And it was really special. It was really 
peaceful. It was very calm. And I'm so grateful that we had that time. Now, I think this probably goes without saying, but don't force things on your bride the day of like, if they're like, no, mom, no, it's too much. I, I just want to be by myself. Don't take it personal. Don't make it about you. Don't be dramatic like this. None of this is personal. Like this is their special day. I would ask if you could spend that time with them. But, you know, again, if if that just doesn't fit into the schedule or, or if it feels like you're being needy, maybe that's not the right thing. But for us, it was a really special memory and I will never forget it. Tip number seven is to get the cell phone numbers of all the maids of honors. Okay, here's why. Because you want to be able to put your phone down and actually experience everything. And I know that you're going to have your friends coming to the wedding, but you know what? They're about 20 years older than her friends in most instances. And her friends are going to capture the kinds of things and from the angles and the way, like they're just going to capture so much better footage than your friends. So get all of their phone numbers and ask if like, hey, at the end of the night, if you can just run over and airdrop me any great footage that I can share with Sierra. That way it's all in one place and Sierra doesn't have to or your bride doesn't have to reach out the next day to collect all those things. You don't have to be like trying to track people down to figure out, did anyone capture the father of the bride's toast or did anyone happen to get the moment when the bride threw her bouquet like all of those things you want to actually be there and watching and seeing the look on your daughter's face and not trying to line up a shot or figure out if there's decent lighting or if you have enough storage on your iphone like let everybody else do that and send you footage the only thing that i personally recorded was brett's toast because I just was not going to take any chances, even though the videographers were there, like I wanted to film that from the vantage point where I was seated. And that was really important to me. Everything else, I just let everybody else film. And there's only one tiny little thing that I didn't capture. And it was this moment on the dance floor. And I'm still trying to find that footage. But that's my tip for you is like, just put your phone down. Don't pick it up. Don't take photos of anyone. Like, just let everybody else do that work. And specifically, use her bridesmaids as your video team. And and that's in addition to, like, I'm assuming you're, you've hired a videographer. But it doesn't matter whether you did or you didn't you are going, you're going to want that instant gratification. Like that night, you probably won't sleep. You're just going to be looking through all of those videos and photos. You don't want to have to wait four weeks or however many weeks to get footage back from a professional videographer. You're going to want instant gratification. You're going to want to post about it, but you're also going to want to be present in the moment for so many of these opportunities to just like see your daughter's face and to see how happy she is and see how happy everybody else is. And so enjoy it and let everybody else be in charge of their phones and sending you the footage at the end of the night. Tip number eight is is one that was important to me. I think it really kind of depends on your situation. And that is to take the whole weekend off of posting to social media until after the wedding. I made the mistake of posting just a few little things from the weekend, like about the rehearsal dinner, etc., And what that did is like, you know, it's just a natural thing that when you post, then you go back in to read comments and you go back in to respond to people. And I pretty quickly on Friday night caught myself doing that. And I didn't like it. Like I was like, wait, no, I I don't want I don't want to be on social social is it's a job. And, And maybe you don't feel that way about it. But it just kept taking me away from the moment. So after I posted a few things, 
from the rehearsal dinner. And then I'm just like, okay, I posted those things and I'm done. I'm not going to look at any comments. I am not going to post anything more. I don't need to worry about social. I don't need to feel obligated to all those people who are like, oh, be sure to keep post, post lots of pictures because no one said post them in the moment. So I don't know why I was feeling like I needed to. But once I just recognized like, oh, wait, I'm, I'm on my phone right now and I don't need to be. I don't need to be looking at any comments or other people's photos. Like, I, what am I doing? So I stopped myself and I didn't post anything until after the wedding was over. And I'm really glad. Okay, my number nine tip is to try to take two days off before the wedding and then three days, at least two to three days off after the wedding. Now, if you have the wedding, your wedding ceremony on a Saturday, well, then, you know, obviously you have Sunday off, then maybe you only have to take off Monday from work. Or if you do work for yourself, then just ask your team or let your team know that you're going to be unavailable for a couple of days after the ceremony and a couple of days before the ceremony. And the reason why is because, well, first of all, before the ceremony, you want to be completely available. There are going to be things that come up last minute. There's going to be details that are, it's just going to be overwhelming for the bride or even if it's not, it's so nice to just be fully present and involved. You're going to get so many text messages. You're not going to believe it. People just kind of have no clue and they assume that they're the only one who might be texting you for directions and they're the only one who's saying, can you send me the bride and groom's gift registry? Oh, by the way, this is like a really cute new thing that a lot of couples are doing. They've kind of moved away from the old school bridal registries where you would go and walk around in the department store and you would pick out your china and you would pick out your flatware and you would pick out like a pitcher for water. Like they just aren't doing that anymore. So a lot of them register for this. It's called The Knot, K-N-O-T, thenot.com. And you just enter the bride and groom's name. And so any upcoming wedding you're probably going to, even one, like I forgot that I had not bought a gift for some friends of ours that we weren't able to attend the wedding. And, and then I forgot, like you still send a gift. Even if you're invited, you still send a gift. But I forgot until like people started doing that for Sierra's wedding. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's people who I need to do this for. So you can go back to the knot and you can enter the month and the name of one of the parties who's getting married and it will pull up their bridal registry and it'll pull up their venue. It'll pull up all the things like directions, etc. So you don't actually have to bug family members, but not everybody knows that even though it's printed on almost everyone's wedding invitations now, people still, unless you've married a kid recently, people don't realize you can just go to the knot and do this. But anyways, many couples are choosing to register for experiences. Now, this is usually part of like a honeymoon fund. Like you could literally buy one of their flights or you could pay for one night of a hotel stay or you could you know they've picked out special restaurants that they want to experience and you could buy them dinner and I don't know I personally think that that is amazing because I do not remember that you bought me one of my settings for my china but like I'm never going to forget the dinner that Brett and I had at mama's fish house so here's this memory from our honeymoon that we're never going to forget. And I just think it's really special to think that somebody who gifted you that experience, well, now they will be part of that memory that lives on forever. And let's face it, um, I don't know about you, but I, I don't have my wedding china anymore. I don't have my flatware anymore. Like all those things just kind of went out of style and I donated them. And it's just, I don't know. I think an experience is such a cool way to gift a bride and groom. 
How did I how did I get off on this tangent? Oh yeah. So my point was this. In the days just before the wedding, there are so many little details that people forget. And they're gonna want to ask you, like, oh, is it okay if I switch my meal or I need to change the name of my plus one? Is it okay if my son comes? We may be showing up late. I can't find the RSVP where we, you know, we're supposed to keep track of what the address is, or we were gonna get them a gift. Like all those you're gonna get all of those questions. So it's really nice to have yourself registered at the knot, number one. And number two, which was my tip, is it's nice to have taken a couple of days off before the wedding so that you're not trying to do those things and get your work done and be present and get yourself ready for the wedding. So take a couple of days before the wedding if you can and a couple of days after the wedding because after the wedding, trust me when I say you are going to want to enjoy the afterglow of this life-changing event. I mean, it is one of the most special moments of my entire life. I cannot, I'm still just basking in it. I cannot believe how beautiful and memorable every part of it was. Like just the look on my daughter's face, the way they looked at each other, how much fun we had at the reception. I don't even want to record this podcast. You know what I want to do? I just want to keep looking through photos and videos. I want to just keep talking to Sierra about, oh, did you see this? And did you remember that? And I've been like texting with Roman's mom and we've been sharing like little memories and little things and little experiences. And you're just going to want to do that for a couple of days. And that's really not fair to your employer if you're working for someone else or you know if you've got a team. It's just, it's kind of nice to just take a couple of days off to come down from it. Like it is such a crescendo, these months and months for some people, years of anticipation and planning and all of the details and the emotion and the the letdown. I don't want to say the letdown, but like it's over. So you can like take a deep breath and kind of decompress. And this is very, it is really common for people to get the flu or to feel sick or to have their immune system run down in those couple of days after the event there's that. And then there's also the fact that you're not going to want to do anything. You, I literally did not take my nose out of my camera roll for like 48 hours. All I did was look at photos and videos and moments and re-listen to speeches and and just zoom in on my daughter's face in certain in certain moments. This will, Your daughter or your son will never be married for the first time anyways, ever again. So that it is so special. And it, unlike maybe like Christmas or a big party where like when it's over, you're like, oh, it's over. When this is over, like you just don't want it to be over. You, I wanted that night to go on and on and on, even though my feet did not. My feet were so sore, so tired. I just wished that there was somebody in our hotel room ready to massage my feet when we got back home. I wish I had scheduled a foot massage for the next day. But again, you, you're just going to want to enjoy all of the afterglow from this incredibly special day. So take it. Okay, my last and final tip is this. No one's opinion matters more than hers. So forget about social norms. Don't give even a second thought to what might people think if we do fill in the blank. Well, what if grandma believes da da da? What if aunt so-and-so has her feelings hurt? What if, what if, what if? Who cares? What if people don't like this? What if people say that you're supposed to do this? 
What if Aunt Lucy doesn't like the table she's seated at? What if my mother thinks that my daughter's dress isn't modest enough? What if we ignore some tradition? Who cares? It's not their wedding. It's not their day. If people are that insecure, if people are that caught up in their own stuff, if people are that selfish, if people really care more about their feelings than the bride's experience and your family's experience, well, then that's their problem. It's not, it's not your problem. And here's the deal. Even if you did try to please everyone, you, you couldn't. It's not possible. So allow the bride to do things that aren't your aren't necessarily your taste or your style. It's not your wedding. You already had your wedding. Don't get caught up in what everybody else thinks. That doesn't matter. Be fiercely defensive of your daughter's vision and make it come to life. Don't worry about what other people think because if your daughter doesn't care, then why would you be less confident than her? You raised her. You raised her to be confident and not to care what other people think. So why do you care so much what other people think? That's what I would say. I would also say that if there's things that you just absolutely are against. Like, I don't know, maybe for like religious reasons, you don't believe in tattoos and your daughter wants to have like a tattoo artist for the entertainment at the wedding and you don't agree with that. Okay, well, then you don't have to make a don't make a big deal about it. Tell her that's wonderful and let them pay for it. Let that be their decision. You don't doesn't mean you have to bankroll all the things you don't agree with, but you also don't have to express them. This event represents a transition in your relationship and you're no longer in control. You're no longer the person who gets to tell your daughter what to do. I, I hope that that went away many, many years ago and that what you've raised is a woman who's confident and independent and takes care of herself and and isn't tortured by a mother who tries to control or make underhanded comments or make judgmental faces so that your daughter feels like she's never pleasing you or that she's controlled by your opinion. Like, I pray that you are not that mom. And there's a lot of them out there. I know because I get messages from the brides who are like, I would do anything for a mom who just made me feel great about my decisions, who made me feel accepted, who made me feel loved. My mom doesn't. She makes me feel guilty. She makes me feel like everything needs to be perfect for her. She makes me feel like I am disappointing her. Now she says that I'm not, but she makes me feel that way. And that's the last thing you want your daughter to feel. So stop sweating this. Don't sweat the small stuff. Don't worry about other people's opinion. Don't share yours unless it's specifically been asked for and then be very careful in how you offer it. It is her special day. It is their special day. And People love to gossip. People love to get up in your business. Don't give them the opportunity. Don't give them that platform. Don't open your ear to it. Don't ask for gossip. Tell your friends and family members, especially family members who want will want to say, well, Aunt Sheila thinks that da, da, da. you just say, you know what? I, I'm not available to hear that. Um, so thank you anyways, but I've got to go. Have a great day. I hope you enjoy the photos from the wedding. It's, it was beautiful and lovely. And my daughter's happiness is all that matters. And so while I, I love Aunt Sheila and she's entitled to her opinion, I am entitled not to hear it because it doesn't matter in the scheme of things. The only thing that matters is our family. And I'm going to protect our happiness. I'm going to put it in this little bubble. And um, thank you for thank you for honoring that. Thank you for recognizing that. It really, if you've done your job, you don't have to worry about other people's opinions, about your kids, about their marriage. 
what you wore, how many people were invited, what music was played. For whatever reason, people really think that there's you know, only one way to do a wedding. And it's not true. Like there's so many different norms and traditions within religion, within nationalities, within families, within cultures. It's just, it's no one else's business or opinion. So don't listen to it and don't give it, don't give it a platform. Put yourself in a little bubble and just enjoy this incredibly joyous, memorable, once in a lifetime occasion. 